You're listening to Culturally Speaking. This is Janice. And this is Neha. And we're here to talk about all things cultural. Before we continue our conversation with Hudson on the American University experience, we just want to let you know that this will be the last episode in season one of Culturally Speaking, as we will be going on a mini break to work on something even better and more exciting. Let's talk about Freshers Week. So simply put for me, Freshers Week was, of course, night after night of themed parties, a lot of which had very, very inappropriate names, of which I will not say. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was just a chance to really, I guess, get to know everybody before classes started. So... We so we didn't really have it before classes started. We call it syllabus week, which is your first week when you get there. So typically you move in the weekend before classes start. You don't have any lead time like you guys might. And then syllabus week, because you're literally only getting a syllabus, um, there's no assignments for you to actually do. So that's when people are going off in the evenings and like going to clubs and going to frat houses and sorority townhouses and things like that. So even though we couldn't legally drink you either had a fake id to go to clubs and there were like three that were really popular in dc where i went to school and like there'd be specific clubs for the specific night of the week um i'm not a huge club person but these were like you know where you get some quite wealthy students who go in every single thursday to this club called opera and they buy a table and really expensive (laughs) bottles of champagne and like that's just their thursday night um a few times um but you just have a fake id to get in so like usually you'd either get it from someone who just like put in an order to who knows where so i think that's a perfect segue into the sorority system or the greek life as you put it it was interesting so (laughs) So like, Were you in a sorority first? Sorry, we should ask that. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, it, sororities are quite funny in the fact that they can be absolutely amazing for when you need them, but it depends on what you want to get out of it. So like state schools, sorority houses might be these amazing mansions with a chef in them, and it's very kind of culturally focused. Whereas for my school, because we were in the middle of DC, we all were in townhouses. And so you you wouldn't always live with the other members of your sorority. Um, but like for us, they, they call it just recruitment. So recruitment, and this is what's unfair. The guy's recruitment is for, you know, like a day a week for a couple of weeks. But they go, they just show up to frat houses whenever they feel like it. The frats feed them and give them drinks and then they just like chat and decide who they like. Sorority recruitment is really rigid. And for us, it was two weeks after we got to school, which is a really kind of rubbish time to have it because you don't really have that many friends yet. It's not giving you enough time to actually like get ingrained in school yet. So like my sister and I went to school together. You know, we both really just wanted to make other friends. And when you hear something like, oh, sorority recruitment, you think, amazing, this is a quick way for me to make friends if I can get into a sorority, because then I'll automatically have these people to interact with that I wouldn't have necessarily met otherwise. So you go in and it's 
at least when I did it, it was five days. I think we had 13 sororities that were on campus. So the first two days are, you know, you start off on a Friday and you go effectively from five to like 12 o'clock at night ish. And then Saturday and Sunday, it was like eight to six or eight to seven. So it was a full day thing. And then I think it was Monday and Tuesday or some, something along those lines. It was like two really, really long days and then a couple of shorter ones. But the, the, what they do every day is you get kind of split up into these groups that you get assigned to different rooms with. And you go in and you meet with all the different sororities on day one. So you go to all 13, you have a chat with them. Um, and it's amazing what you see on the other side, which I can tell you about, like when you're actually the ones recruiting people, it's interesting and awful at the same time. Um, but you leave and you rank the 13 sororities. So you rank them all. They rank you. And then on day, yeah, so it's really bad. Based on what? <laughs> on this, like, I will, conversation? I will, I, will, uh, I will get there. It's, okay, it's, cool. It's not great. Um, so, so you rank them, they rank you. And then it gets to a point where then you come back the next day. And so say on the first day, they cut out, you know, they cut the numbers down from 13 to eight. So you're still, you're spending the time with now eight people instead of 13, but you're spending more time in theory to get to know them better right? But you can come in on day two. And if all of the, if the top eight for you all picked you back, then you'll go to all eight. If say only your tops, say only seven of your top eight pick you, but then any of the other sororities still picked you, then you'll go to that one. But if you say, for example, and this did happen to a friend of mine, and it was just the most awful thing. She went in, I thought she had amazing conversations, because everyone's going to pretend that they love you, right? It's just a really artificial process, at least in my school. And um, she went in, and she was so excited about the day, really, really wanted to be in a sorority. And she had been dropped from 12 sororities, only one had called her back. And so and she hadn't picked them either, but it was just, but so she had to effectively wait out the day just to speak to this one set of girls. And it has to be really defeating to wonder like, well, why didn't they like me? And they effectively continue to do that day by day, you ranking, them ranking, until you get to the final day when there's three sororities left. And that's called pref night. And that effectively is when they like pull out all the stops um, and try, and the last night is them selling you not you selling them, not, sorry, not you selling yourself really. Um, and then the next day is bid day and you will usually go back to your door of, of your dorm and there'll be a sign on your door that says like, welcome to, I'm not going to say my own sorority because I don't want to <laughs> yeah, make sure. mad, but it'll be like, welcome to X on the door. Um, and then they give you, you know, you all get together and it's amazing and you are given these matching shirts and then you go to the National Mall where everyone's there with like big signs with your name and everyone's cheering and drinking and it's fun. And you always go to dinner afterward and kind of meet everyone that's in your pledge class. Um, but a, it's it's fun when you're going through it if you continue to get brought back Um I fortunately enough 
continued to get called back. I don't know. I have a suspicion it's because I have an identical twin sister and she and I were kind of choosing the same places, even though we didn't discuss it. And so like, you know, we were like the, oh, this sorority's twins. And I think that was just like a niche little thing for them. I was just about to ask, like, is it kind of that little bit of a quirk about you and your twin that having that you both in the same sorority would have given them something to say oh I reckon yeah I'm sure it was like they they would always say no but I'm it has to be because I would think the exact same way why if you can get both twins why would you not um but yeah so so it made it much more interesting but like on the flip side the actual process I mean you have to give some really significant credit to the girls who actually run recruitment for each of the sororities because they are putting in so much work like so much work because before we ever go we have specific like choreographed um kind of like when people when the line of kind of recruits is coming in you have songs that you sing specific songs specific days so like one day is a philanthropy day one day might be a sisterhood day and it's all really well structured so they have to make sure that everyone knows the song everyone's lined up in the right way Everything is set up for the next round. And you only have like 10 minutes in between each round on day one, at least. So like, for example, you know, someone will come in and we'll be assigned arbitrarily on day one to someone. So I might be assigned to this girl and you're in a team. I can't, it's called bump groups. They're called bump groups, at least for us. (laughs) So you might have like six, you might have like six girls in a bump group. And it might be that day one, these girls are meant to like, come and transition into your conversation as a way for more of you to meet this one girl. And so you have to effectively transition in and someone is responsible for all of that. So like absolute kudos to them. They must all be project managers now. Um, But it's crazy. So like they'll come in and then once those girls leave, it is like chaos in that room because you've got these like sheets that are effectively hidden and you've got 10 minutes to write down everything you can about the girl who's just come in. And you've got different like check marks. So unfortunately you do have the really awful things like appearance, if someone's like effortlessly cool, um, different aspects, are they interesting? Do you, would you want to, to speak with them? Would you want to kind of, do you think that they align with the sorority? And then you also, and this is what's the interesting bit that takes a lot more thought. You write down what sister in the sorority you think pairs with them or who you think would be, like, who you think they're most similar to. And then the amazing girls who are running this, like, come in, and they spend the entire evening until, like, 3, 4 in the morning reading through all of these sheets, picking the girls that, like, having everyone on a slideshow, going through all the sheets, seeing who they want to keep, and then pairing them up with all the new girls in the sorority for day two. It's just, like the craziest this sounds like some sort of bizarre matchmaking process it is that you would get on like an algorithm i mean Mm -hmm. firstly there's an opportunity anybody listening make an app use an algorithm help these girls out right (laughs) automate this we are such consultants but secondly i mean as you say kudos like that's a lot of information to process and handle Mm -hmm. but also there's no, um, to my mind at least, it sounds very arbitrary. Like there's no 
you don't have to explain to these girls why they didn't make it, right? Nobody ever mm-hmm. asks, why did I not get chosen? No. 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 Also, and you're seeing too are many there, people. Are there people who just don't belong to any sorority? Yeah, there are. There are some well, people that go back on day two and they're dropped from everyone. It's awful. It's really awful. Like, you would come back and see girls crying every single day if they got dropped from one or all or just even their favorite. Um, and I think what's hard is that you go in and you can see it from both sides. So obviously, as a recruit, you're selling yourself, right? Because you want to be the the best version of yourself that aligns with what this sorority likes. But on the flip side, the sorority is obviously trying to sell themselves. So everyone's acting like, we love you so much. You are such a good fit here. We really want you to you know, be a part of this. And you'll do that with everyone, even if you don't necessarily think that. So it gives this like warped sense of comfort um, that makes people kind of like think that they're able to, you know, they think that they'll come back always, even if they won't. Um, and I think it's that shock that's probably the worst thing. Is, is the term rush, is that correct or not? This is I feel yeah, like something I watched in Legally Blonde. <laughs> we just call it recruitment. Okay, so you're recruited to the sorority. Then what happens? So so when you're first recruited, you have to... You, and it's like a new joiner for a period of maybe four months or so before the Christmas holiday. And you've got all these things that you have to do so events you have to go to there's volunteering you have to do there's participation in in different events um whether it be events that fraternities and sororities are holding um that you need to partake in or you know there might be training so when you join a sorority you have to learn all their songs right and you know you have to learn all of these things and a lot of it might be sisterhood kind of activities and then at the end you get you go through these like ceremony kind of things that has you actually becoming like a sister um but the really fun part during the recruit during the um kind of new new member process is big little week which is amazing (laughs) so when you join a sorority the, the girls that you join with is your pledge class so each year we'll have a pledge class and so you have a big and your big is effectively someone from one pledge class higher than you. So mine was a sophomore when I was a freshman, um, which doesn't have to always be the case, but it is just pledge class by pledge class. Um, and you don't know who they are. Um, you're assigned kind of by by the sorority, but you'll have spent enough time with everyone. Actually, you might be able to jot down the names of a couple people you like, but you spent enough time to actually know who you get on with well. Um, but once it's assigned, you get like big little week, which is effectively just a week of being showered with presents, which is great. Um, it also depends. It's it's nice in the fact that you can still get loads of things, and but it's very expensive. And it also depends upon the wealth of your big. So like I know a girl in my pledge class who gave her little a Tiffany necklace um which is crazy and and you usually will give like a lot of um like sorority letter shirts so it will be the greek letters of your sorority um that people would wear around so you'd give loads of shirts for that or shirts from the fraternity events and a lot of that 
um, will happen. And my family, like my sorority family was great because they all will help for certain nights. So instead of you having the both time and financial burden of doing five days of these events, they were all helping. So it's, you, know, you might have like a spa theme day where everything is there or, you know, and your like your entire bed would be covered every single day, like your entire bed. So, and your whole room would be decorated. Um, so like streamers and signs and welcome in, they've changed that process since then. So now it's just in like, you know, like little baskets in the sorority houses. I think that they just, I can appreciate why the way that we had it was a bit too much. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just like a day of being showered pretty much. And then you go and you have like a final kind of reveal thing and you find out who your big is, which most people will know by then. And then you guys all go off with like your sorority family. <laughs> it's just a, it's really cultish if you actually think about it in any way. I was just going to say, it sounds so much like a cult, like, and I, and I see how actually you do develop such a strong, I guess, sisterhood feeling after all of these. Well, let's, I was wondering that. What is the relationship like with your sorority once you leave college? <laughs> like, do you stay close? No. Well, it, it depends. I didn't. Um, but that's because my, my first year of school, it was absolutely what I needed. It was a way to make friends. It was a way to socialize. It was people to go with to the frat parties and, and different school events. And it was nice to have that company. Um, and I think Sydney and I probably wouldn't have joined except for our first day at, at like our school. Um, this girl was like, oh, like you're twins and you're going to school together and you live together. That's like a bit weird. And so Sydney and I didn't want to be those like, weird twins who only did everything together, even though we are those weird twins that do everything together. Because if you've already got a best friend, why bother? Um, so. I don't think we would have joined otherwise. And it was nice when we had it first year, but then you have to get a certain number of points to go to anything. So to go to like our, you know, spring events or certain things that everyone really looks forward to, you have to get a certain number of points and the points might come from attending different sorority and fraternity functions, but those are the, the kind of volunteering ones. It's not, I know. Sorry, I'm just laughing because this is like, a five-year-old with like gold stars and you trade it in for a you know a privilege but but it's pretty much it's pretty much that so you you had to get points yeah but it but it took like so so first year you kind of just drink the kool-aid um at least i did year two it starts to get to a spot where you get a little bit resentful of being told you have to do x y and z it's just if you could just be a part of the organization and enjoy it and go to what you want and to see the people you want that would be amazing which i think is what they should be about but it's all of those little things that that you were forced into doing and then my third year of uni i was in london so i wasn't there and it was such a nice reprieve um and it takes being away from it to realize how caddy at least my group wise, because like anything else, you start off with a group of, I think we had maybe 40 girls in my pledge class, but 40 girls are not all going to be best friends. So like anything else, you're going to have your own cliques form. 
you're going to have the same kind of cultural stuff that you dealt with in high school with the lunch tables you'll deal with the same thing but with just a smaller group of people and it just like you become a version of yourself that you didn't you know you wouldn't love like I didn't want to go out to a bunch of you know fraternity events but I did anyway because the rest of the sorority did or, or things like that and it was a real shame because you know I think at the time it makes you feel like you're better than if you're in a cool sorority on campus, which is a really rubbish way of thinking. And like one of my very, very closest friends now, um, I was in a course with her my final year of school. And I remember just thinking, what a disservice that I, you know, had been in my sorority when I was because my freshman year I'd met her, been like, oh no, I'm, I'm too cool. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's such a terrible way. And we're still like, she's the only one I really speak to still um, from that time. And it's amazing because it's just, it's such a warped view because being with so many other girls um, kind of it props you up a little bit. Um, I guess, I suppose one question I had, you mentioned the frats and the frat parties. Are the fraternities made up of the guys that you would typically think of as the most popular in high school, like the jocks and your athletes? And <laughs> Some of them are, and others I found to be the guys that wanted to be really cool in high school and then came and then became different versions of themselves that they thought were going to be cool. Um, which is, in my mind, the worst thing. It's like the people that you could tell when they were in high school were actually just genuinely decent guys. And then they came to school and wanted to kind of reinvent themselves. And so you could see the difference between the people who have always come across that way and the guys who are naturally just good guys, but trying to be something different. Um, so so it's it interesting. Yeah, every, every, every sorority or fraternity had their own kind of rumors about them or their own personalities I guess you'd say um that people had and very competitive between them so you know like any other comparison which which has the smarter girls which are the more fun girls who goes out with the reputation of these people and then there was this website called Greek Rank I think it is and um and you could pull up any sorority fraternity from pretty much any school. And it's literally just like comments. And like, it was so funny. One year, and it's usually right before recruitment, like all these sorority girls would go in, like writing really positive comments about their own sorority, bashing other ones. And it was just like so dramatic to read them. Um, yeah, it's like every movie that you see, pretty much. Yeah, when it's all said and done, do people actually get sorority, like their rings, like a class ring or a sorority ring or whatever it is that they wear? Because I don't get this. We don't have this in the UK. Like, you know, we don't walk around flashing jewellery from, or at least I don't, I've not seen it. Is this a thing? Um, so class rings are a thing. You can choose to get them if you want to. Um, I don't know many people that did, but you could get them in both high school and in university. Um, in, ooh, I don't, I don't think that there was like a specific sorority like jewelry that you could have, but a lot of companies will make jewelry with sorority letters on it, if that makes sense. So it's not like something mandated by them. Um, you know what our equivalent is, don't you? Hoodies. 
Yeah. I've got about maybe 12 hoodies that I didn't buy. Hoodies are definitely a thing, but far less of a lifetime kind of yeah. outward signifier of where you're from. Um, yeah, but I think I think what you'd find, though, is that when you're in school, everyone is so obsessed with what university you're in, what what groups you're in. And, and I'm speaking, obviously, to like sororities and fraternities, but then you've got professional fraternities as well that were actually hugely useful. There's women in business fraternities as well. There is just other organizations on campus, so like loads of other things far beyond just you know the sororities and fraternities but it's amazing because we had the same thing you know t-shirts sweatshirts everything just totally branded um for the school and 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 you graduate and i've not worn a single item of that clothing since i don't think i own anything that's still from there because it's one of those it's it's almost like once you know if, if you were in uni would you actually wear something from your high school still would you wear you know I really enjoyed my high school experience, but I wouldn't go in and wear a Pine Ridgeland High School sweatshirt to my university. And it's kind of the same thing. So if you joined the working real world, I wouldn't really be wearing a branded sorority Greek letter sweatshirt. Okay, so this is where the movies get it wrong because they all seem to go, go like running in their college gear well into the 20s. Do you know, like they've got their sweatshirt with their uni. Well, okay, I think if you went somewhere like Harvard, Yale, and I totally wear it too, I think. <laughs> I guess for as strange as it seems in a lot of time in like films or movies, like actually being in the States growing up was really amazing. So it's like, you know, we have absolute quirks for sure. Um, but I think for as, for as many things that seem strange, like obviously high school seemed just generally more positive. I think if I reflect on the conversation we've had and university seems like I'm being a bit more critical. Um, but that being said, it kind of gets you to where you are now. And I still made amazing friends from it. And I still enjoy my time there. So it's, it's a funny thing with, I kind of just want to caveat that it's not all, it, it's not all the movies. It's just probably 95% like it. There's always artistic license, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, thank you so much for talking to us. We had a lot of fun hearing about all the American quirks of high school and uni, as you put it. And uh, thank you again. Yeah, of course. Thanks, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this season of Culturally Speaking. Just a reminder, we'll be taking a break after season one to work on something even better and more exciting. In the meantime, you'll find all of our previous episodes available wherever you are listening now. Until then, stay cultured. You've been listening to Culturally Speaking with music by Kevin McLeod. Please rate and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on. Get in touch with us on Instagram at Culturally Speaking Podcast or by email. You'll find all the details in our show notes. Tune in next week for more culture. Until then, stay cultured.